Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together with chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure. Welcome to Friends in Fiction, our weekly Facebook Live show featuring author chats in support of independent bookstores. Our community of readers here on Friends in Fiction has grown to more than 13,500 members, and we could not be more thrilled to welcome you here tonight. So let's get started. I am Kristen Harmel, and my latest is The Book of Lost Names, which just came out yesterday. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey, and my latest is Feels Like Falling, and I just wanted to say huge congratulations, Kristen. One of my favorite books of the year. If you have not ordered the Book of Lost Names, you're missing out. Do it right now. Okay, stop. Go on. Thank you. I'm <laughs> looking for our book. <laughs> oh, I'm Patty Callahan Henry, and my latest is Becoming Mrs. Lewis. And I'm just going to say ditto after Kristen and Christy because... This is celebration week for Kristen's new book, and it is a powerful book, and we're so excited. I'm Venmoing you all. And my recent novel is On Ocean Boulevard, and today we're celebrating the book of lost names. So exciting. And I'm Mary Kay Andrews. My latest book is called Hello Summer, and I just want to echo what, what everybody else has said. We're so excited for Kristen and the book of lost names this week, and we can't wait for you to see our exciting guest tonight. You guys, your checks are in the mail. Um, I swear <laughs> I didn't know they were all gonna say that. Thank you, that was so nice. So everyone, welcome to Friends in Fiction. We're so glad you're here. So tonight, as you might've noticed, is a very special night for us. This is the very first time we've had a musical guest and it just so happens to be Ken Block and Drew Copeland, two of the members of my very favorite band for 20 years now, Sister Hazel, more than 20 years, my gosh, um, who I have loved since the summer of 1997, which was right around the time they had their first major hit song, The Chart Topping All For You, which is basically the anthem of the late 90s. Uh, they quickly followed that up with singles like Happy, Change Your Mind, Champagne High, and many more. And now they've switched things up a little and have had four back-to-back -back Billboard Top Country album chart entries. They routinely sell out their tours. They are followed by an amazing group of fans who call themselves the Hazelnuts. So hello to all the Hazelnuts out there tonight. They have their own annual cruise called The Rock Boat, which I have been inebriated on several oh times. 
Um, <laughs> they have their own pediatric cancer charity called Lyrics for Life, and they continue making music that just keeps getting better and better. It is one of the reasons we've been really looking forward to having them on. They ultimately do the same thing we do. They tell stories that move people. And we are so excited to talk to them tonight about storytelling and song. So please, everyone, join me in welcoming Ken Block and Drew Copeland from the platinum selling band Sister Hazel. Cheers. Thank you for coming. So I promise I'm going to stop talking in a second and let them talk. But before we get rolling, everyone, I want to remind you that every week we feature an independent bookseller. And this week we're working with Writer's Block in Winter Park, Florida. You can head over to our Friends in Fiction Facebook group page to find a link to Writer's Block. They are offering 10% off all our new releases with the code FRIENDSFICTION. And that includes autographed copies of the Book of Lost Names, as well as Mary Alice's recent re-release of the book club. Um, so because we love Sister Hazel and because we love all of you, 20 of you who buy any of our new books now through Saturday using that coupon code will win one of Sister Hazel's recent EPs, Earth, Wind, Fire, or Water, which together make up elements, which we are going to be talking about shortly. Um, and of course, you can find out more about Sister Hazel and order their music and merch at sisterhazel.com. So mm -hmm. I'm done babbling. Welcome, you guys. And can you tell us Thank what you're so up to? since this whole shutdown started. Uh, this has been a bit surreal for all of us, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. For us, um, you know, most people in life crave adventure. Um, we being on the road, you know, back and forth, back and forth for decades, yeah. we've always kind of craved consistency. And so this has been the first time in our whole career yeah. that we've kind of been able to get up at the same time, you know, kind of map out your days a little bit. Um, so that side's been really cool. Um, but of course, there's so many unknowns and uh, when when is touring ever going to come back? And um, so trying to figure out the best way to maximize our time and create content, create new songs and keep everybody engaged. That's uh, that's our tasks of the day. <laughs> well, what it's, we're going <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking a little bit about some of the amazing things you guys have been doing um, during this time. I'm so excited to dig into that. Um, but, you know, when we have guests on our show, we love to ask you questions. Um, and each of us likes to ask one. So I was hoping tonight maybe Mary Kay could lead us off because she had a great one about songwriting. Okay. You know, I am so not musical, but the thing I always wonder about songs that really move me, as yours do, is... What comes first, the melody or the lyric? Um, are you, do you do what we do? You're writing in the car and you're like, oh my God, that's, that's a thing, that's a story, that's, a, that's a, a melody. Or do you have lyrics and you save them up for when the music, for when the right uh, melody comes to you? So I'm always, I've always wondered about that. Is there a first or does it change from time to time? You know, that's, that's a question that, that as songwriters we get asked that a lot because people are curious, especially people that haven't, you know, experimented and tried it. But the truth is it comes all different ways, exactly like what you were saying. There can be times when you have a, a subject matter that you want to discuss, and so you sit down and start from that. You have either something that you want to say or a story that you want to tell, you can do it that way. Um, a lot of times in collaboration, uh, depending on who you're writing with, it, there could be a chord change that somebody comes in with and then you start mm -hmm. from there. So it takes a lot of different forms. I think a lot of times when we write on our own, we're normally inspired by something triggers something 
and and that starts the process when you're writing alone. And and um, I know I, I, I can't speak for you because I've never written with you when we're writing alone. <laughs> um, but uh, for me, it'll it, what you said about being in a car. That happens to me a lot. Me I'll be driving down the road and I'll come up with a melody idea and I'll think, what, where do I know that right. from? And if Is I realize that it's else? not a song I know, then I go home and I try to write it. And sometimes <laughs> those songs come really fast. Like I, yeah. there was a song that I wrote called Strange Cup of Tea and I was actually driving around on the campus of the University of Florida and the, the whole, the whole, yeah, go okay. Gators. No. And, uh, <laughs> you're good. Uh, and the, uh, the whole chorus came to me uh, just drive. I was at a stop sign almost, and I, I almost sang the entire chorus. And so when I got home, wow. uh, I grabbed my guitar and started writing it. And within, honestly, within 30, 45 minutes, I had written probably 95% of the song. So they all wow. come in different ways. I know I know that uh, Champagne High was one that was yeah, well, a I mean, different type of thing What made you. me think of that was uh, what I thought of when you were saying that is uh, on that same record, I was out driving stuff to the dump out toward Newberry. And um, and on the way home, I saw a crooked chimney standing in the middle of a field. And I thought, that's a great line, crooked chimney standing in the middle of the field, um, which became the first line of this song, Just Remember. And as I was looking at it, I thought, wow, there was a whole house around there and a whole family that had a life in there where they had kids and that kid learned how to walk. And the, you know what I mean? And yeah. then it had had been forgotten and, and so the whole story kind of popped in my head on the way home from the dump by seeing that chimney in the middle of a field but uh, the truth is that there was always just a chimney there there was never really a house there. <laughs> it was just a chimney styrofoam chimney i love it Oh my God, and those are both such great songs. How, how cool to hear the story behind them. Um, Mary Alice, did you have a question for, uh, for Ken and Drew? I do. Well, first of all, I love Elements, your new album. Thank you. I own it. I was listening to it all day. I'm just real, I love it. And it's a pretty impressive collection of songs. Um, I was really impressed also that you're, you're producing under the independent label Crokin Poets, which I think is a really cool name mm -hmm. and leads to my question. Okay. In 2016, when John, uh, Bob Dylan won the Nobel Prize in Literature, mm -hmm. do you remember that huge debate that was inspired by that? Is, is lyri it. our lyrics poetry? So I figure with your name, Crokin Poets, mm -hmm. you have to have an opinion on whether lyrics are indeed poetry or do they share elements of poetry well they share elements of poetry in my opinion i think that um i don't i am not as as well versed in the depth of poetry to be able to say that that's all it is but there are certainly elements of it um but it's a poetry that has to fit into a meter it has to fit into a um a puzzle that we're trying to build with all these different elements, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> generally speaking, um, songs are literary. Now, not all songs are literary. I mean, I would say even between us, there's some that are just, they're just fun songs or just things, but there are some that are bits of their stories. They're, they're, they're whole pieces. Uh, but yeah, you know, that was an interesting thing when, when that question came up. Um, I believe it is literary. Uh, I do too. But what I do, 
compared to what you guys do. Um, it, it's a different art. Well, this is how I'll say it. On Elements, Jet, our, our bass player, challenged us to write a complete one-minute song. And I thought, can I write a complete idea in one minute? So I kind of did it. And he goes, I want you to write one for each record or anybody. And then we're going to make them connect so that by the last one, it becomes one piece. Now, oh, wow. so it was really just a let's get unstuck, do something a little bit differently. Wow. But um, it's not easy to get a whole idea in one thing. Yeah. It's still left open ended enough where it can get picked up and then the same thing and then the same thing. Um, so with songs, um, we have a certain amount of time, certain amount. We got to get rid of superfluous stuff. I can't believe you could do anything in a short period. Of time. I know I, it's, that is not my forte. <laughs> it is not my forte. I, uh, but um, but but I, when I was when I was younger, or a young songwriter, um, I found a bunch of screenplays that my grandfather had written that I had never met. I'd never met him, but what I, I read them and I I thought. I'd never written anything that long, and I thought, wow, he's tying page two to page 37, and, and what's going on here is tying, and I thought, what a mind you have to have. Even, you know, if it wasn't uh, prize winning, it was beautiful, and it was amazing, and it wasn't something that I see myself being able to do, but, uh, so it's different the way you guys kind of write that, so we're, we're, we have to write a little bit more succinctly to get those same feelings and a complete you know, one, story. One of the things that struck me too, when I was listening to your um, music today, there's such a, the rhythm, and there's a rhythm, a beat to poetry, mm -hmm. and there's a rhythm and a mm -hmm. beat to your music. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think definitely it's poetry. I really well, do. Well, I will tell you this from, for me, if you ask me to write a poem versus writing a song, a poem seems a lot more intimidating for me. I don't know why, um, but to ask me, and it's funny because I could probably go find some lyrics that I've written and maybe it looks like a poem if I just read it. But if someone said, hey, have you ever thought of writing a poem? I'd be like, I can't write That's a poem. That's scary. That's scary. I can't do that. I can write a song. Yeah. And I think you're right. If you listen to your lyrics, it, it's a poem. Some of those lyrics are absolutely... I, I like the way you think. I do too. And, you know, look, <laughs> there, in what we do, um, there are there are people who are uh, music people, and there are people who are lyric people, and they both get moved equally in different ways. But I have friends that go, you know, years after hearing record, go, I didn't know you were saying that, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean you didn't know? They say you love that song. Well, and I no, and I will say I was writing with, I was writing a song with a guy that will remain nameless, but you probably know who it is. But I was writing a song with this guy one time, and he wrote this line, and it it made no sense to me, but I thought it did to him. And I said, "Man, that's a great line. What does it mean?" And he goes, "I don't know. It just sounded cool." Yeah, and and we kept it. Neither one of us know what it means. So that yeah, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's we'll funny. talk to him later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, I have a really great experience. story behind it. Yeah, just like yeah, as long yeah. as you have a good answer, that's all that matters. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you guys mentioned elements and how um, how the you mentioned a little bit about how they link together. Can you tell us a little bit about the creation of that project, um, especially in regard to what you did with the four EPs that led up to it? Well, I'll start. I'll start with a piece, and then he can kind of follow up 
Um, that way I don't talk too long. <laughs> um, it was really, the idea at first was, look guys, the, the landscape of music is changing and the way people are ingesting music is changing. Um, they are, they're buying singles, they're buying smaller amounts of music. And if we can do that, if we can do more like an EP, we can come out with music more frequently yeah. and we can come out with it uh, where there won't be these big gaps uh, from record to record, like record, tour, write, record, record. We just can keep coming in, record a song, a track or two, and keep things moving. And then it was Jet, right? Mm -hmm. What did he say? He was like, "Yeah, well, we we were we were looking for a way to do this, and then have have kind of a common thread go through multiple albums." And we had done a, a lot of things with numbers. We talked about a number scheme that might make sense, or uh, just you know different ways to make it happen. And as honestly, I think it was as we were sifting through some songs, we started to see a couple of things that that made sense. In elements wise, there was uh, there was a line in one of the songs that said, "Come on in, the water's fine," and um and so Not we were like, line. okay. So we, we started going through those things, and and that's when he came up with the elements idea, and we were sold right away. And then it was really cool, also. And I know this isn't quite as interesting, but the the guy that did the artwork for the albums, he came up with such cool graphic design yeah. for the albums yeah we were we we really liked the way all that turned out and as he started sketching them we were like yeah, they're cool this is the right way to go so yeah that's great water that's awesome um and uh so i think patty you had a question well i want to i'm just kind of laughing because when you said that he said i don't know what that sentence means you know it just sounds good i'm trying to imagine any of the five of us telling our editor that <laughs> just keep it in just yeah. keep it in yeah. good. the line I, mean, I don't know what it means but I like the way it sounded so I have been listening to country music um, all of my life since I had to listen on the radio and make mixed tapes for my friends you know you try to record it and then the yeah. radio and then the DJ talks over the end of the song um, yeah. and I love your music and I know there's been kind of a perceived shift with y'all from southern acoustic to country music mm -hmm. and I live in Birmingham and you know Muscle Shoals is is you know part of the whole you know oh, yeah. genre of music around our area and I read that your lead guitarist Ryan Newell said and I'm going to read it so I don't screw it up I don't think we made a conscious shift everything we've done still has a Sister Hazel sound the main difference is that we started writing with writers in Nashville and we record our albums there and you can't help but be influenced we're still being true to ourselves, but the format we were lumped into for years has disappeared. If you listen to country music nowadays, it's what was on rock radio years ago. Absolutely. So I know we all change with our arts. Well, Ryan's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I know we all change with our art and they're, you know, it, it feels safe to be <laughs> not changed. But was it something you noticed while it was happening or was it more hindsight as you looked at how you had transformed by saying true to your music? Was well, it I'll tell you that if you go back and, you know, Ken mentioned, uh, just remember, if you go back and listen to our early albums and you put them side by side to, uh, to elements and even Lighter in the Dark and, and some of the albums before that, Heartland Highway, um, Release, all those albums, there's the same thread kind of going through all of it. It sounds, it, they are, it's very similar. In fact, I would say our early albums might've even been more country than the stuff we're doing now. 
there might be a couple of instrumentation things that make people think it leans that way um, more. Um, and, and honestly, some of the songs that I've written, I, I do tend to gravitate that way. But a lot of the times it's not contrived. It's, it's what the song is calling for. So we've never really gone in and said, hey, let's write this country song. We've just gone in and tried to write a good song. Serve the song. And then serve the song. Yeah. If, it, if it calls for a steel guitar because that's the sound that, that is going to create the emotion that you want, then that's what you put on it. And um, we've been really fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of great writers as well. We've collaborated with some of the best writers in Nashville. And then producers and additional musicians. We've had... You know, we kind of opened our doors a little bit, which we, we didn't do for a long time in this band, but we opened the doors to collaboration with outside writers and to have, uh, you know, some guest musicians come in and, and uh, some, some guys uh, come in and sing on stuff. You know, we had Darius Rucker came in and sang on a song that he and I co-wrote together. Cool. And, uh, you know, he can sing pretty good, so we were like, I don't think it could hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's okay, yeah. Yeah, he's all right. South Carolina boy. Right. The, you know... Radio is so different. There's satellite radio and streaming services now and all that stuff. But, um, you know, the rock has narrowed. That lane has narrowed yeah. tremendously. Alternative rock, Southern rock, pop rock, narrow country kind of widened and pulled in a lot of different things. Um, so we had uh, always blurred that line between uh, those different genres a little bit. So, you know, we let other people call it whatever they want. We just try yeah. to make records that we're really proud of. Yeah, and I would say, back to Ryan's comment, that if you put on uh, one of the old Eagles, Eagles records or an old Tom Petty record it, today, if that, if that music came out today, it'd go on country radio. That's where it'd be. Oh, I agree. And I mean, oh, the Eagles you, now have probably come out on skill singing. Yeah. There's, there's no, other, uh, there's no yeah. other genre that would probably play it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been amazing, too, the... Um, the way that your sound has stayed in a way consistent, but you've just evolved so much. I mean, as someone who's been following you guys for uh, literally since 1997, I mean, it's, um, but I, I, I'm actually outside your house right now. Is that weird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just my fake zoom background. I'm really outside. Is that, that, that's not odd to say. Um, no, but I mean, you, you've, um, the, you're, your core has stayed the same in such a beautiful way, but you've just evolved as storytellers and as songwriters. And I mean, as a writer myself, and I, I don't presume to think I know anything about writing songs, but I've just been so impressed by what has happened to you lyrically with every every album. I mean, you, you just get better and better. It's, it's so impressive. And the hazelnuts show up for everyone. It's, it's amazing. So um, yeah, you guys are the best. Uh, well, Christy, thank you very I, much. I think that, um, uh, you know, a few things have helped us, you know, um, there's, Andrew and I have a thing with our voice, right? The harmonies, you know, that's us. Ryan has a signature sound with his guitar. Mm -hmm. That rhythm section creates an energy that's recognizable. So yeah. we all get, Dave, now, when we get together behind our instruments, we make a noise. It's our yeah. fingerprint, you know? Um, there's that guy with the nasally voice from Gainesville, you know, it's recognizable. <laughs> Um, and over the years, um, you know, I wrote the majority of songs early. Drew started writing a lot after that. And over the years, everyone's begun, uh, grown into a, a, a great writer, in my opinion. And that has helped us evolve so that it's coming from all different areas. Um, and when he brings in a song or I bring in a song, 
we don't go, here's the song, you play this. We lean yeah. in the song and go, this is what it is. I want you to feel ownership on this. So what do you got? You know, and that took time to develop that kind yeah. of trust between us because at first you come in and you're for me anyway, come in, I'm like, here's the song and I want you to play like this and I want you to play this exact thing and I have it in my head a certain way and then everyone's like, that's not what I wanted to be in a band for. And you, you give it up a little bit and you it's see- trust It's too. trust. And, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. come overnight, but it's beautiful mm -hmm. when it happens and then you go, oh man, um, I wouldn't have done that, but I'm really glad we did. Um, yeah. And so- yeah. Having everyone be writers and giving everyone the opportunity to have input is a, is a big piece. Hey, I have, I know that it's your show and not ours, but I have a question for you guys. Can I ask a question? Yeah. yeah. As a writer, have any of you taken an extended period of time off from writing? And then when you went back to sit down to write, were you scared? Was any, has, have you ever experienced that to where you took such a time period off that when it was like, man, I need to sit down and write again. You're asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. I'm not saying I'm frightened. I'm just saying I'm a little scared. I haven't written. I mean, I'll be honest. And this is, this is, I know that people are watching this and it's not just the, the small group of people. I just haven't written in such a long time and I need to sit down and write. And I'm like, dude, I don't even remember how to write a song. Like I, I don't even know where to start. And so I just wondered if anybody, if you, any of you yeah, guys have better I think at the start of the pandemic, I was so freaked out um, and so stressed and um, so many emotions. I knew I have a book. I, I write a book a year. So I knew I had a book due in October, but um, I just, I, I, I couldn't make myself do it. I, and I uh, was intimidated by it. But I think all of us will tell you every time we sit down to write, I have to overcome tremendous fear and self-loathing and imposter, all, all the things. But yeah, after an extended period, I think the longer you wait, the harder it gets. I know. It's stop. It's starting, <laughs> starting and finishing. Like yeah. when, you take, when you take the paintbrush off the painting, say it's yeah, done. That's true. You, know, you go back that's and forth. So true. The middle, when you're working through there, you know, you got your head down kind of doing it. But that, that anxiety of getting yeah. started... And then going, because right now we've had like three conference calls with the band about turning in songs. And I'm like, I got a bunch, but I'm, I'm scared. I've been scared for 25 years to turn in my songs when they're written. Yeah, I, just, totally. I just turn off the camera when they start talking about writing. I'm like, no, I was just going to say, we write every morning. And I mean, so. I literally worked on my new book this morning. So this afternoon, I'm like reading through my book that's coming out next year for the final time. And I'm reading it and I'm like, I can never do this. Like, how did I do this? I can never do this again. I had written four hours earlier, but I was like, oh, I'll never be able to do this. I, mean, I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay, so I'm I don't think it ever goes away. Yeah, no. yeah, okay. yeah. It, it just means you're doing it right. Okay. <laughs> when that fear creeps in. This was good. But let's just keep this between us, okay? Yeah, yeah, we won't tell anybody. No one else is watching. We won't tell our thousands of viewers that. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Christy, Christy, you had one more. You had a question also. Yes. Um, so when we got together and decided to do this friends and fiction show, one of our um, main reasons for getting together is that we wanted to help. You know, it was during a pandemic, and we thought, you know, what can we do besides entertaining people and making them have a good time, like tonight? 
you know, how can we help? And we knew our independent booksellers were struggling. And so we thought if we can get together and we can help them, you know, we'll be doing something good. And um, you guys are really known for, you know, supporting other people um, who are doing good and are really dedicated to doing good yourself. So I was going to see if you could tell me just a little bit about The Heartbeat, which is your amazing new YouTube show, and about your Pediatric Cancer Foundation, Lyrics for Life. It seems like you're really helping highlight the good things and changing the world for the better with both projects. That's very kind. Thank you. And and I will tell you that I feel really fortunate personally that all of the guys in the band, it has always been instinct. It's never been forced. It's been something that we, we all feel very blessed in what we get to do for a living. And if there's a way that we can help a worthy cause by either playing a song or showing up in an event or whatever we can do to try to help that cause, we've always felt a call to do that. Um, and I'm proud of that. The, the show that we created, um, we got so tired of, of everything being so toxic. And there's always such attention drawn to any celebrity when they do something wrong, when an athlete uh, you know, goes on a bender or, or, you know, there's always a spotlight shown on everything that's negative. They, they, it's quick to happen. And so you get inundated by it. And, the, you know, they, they, they talk about, they say that the bad news sells. That's what people want to see. Well, I don't really think that is what people want to see. And neither, none of us do. And so we were like, look, there, you know, for instance, there might be, you know, three guys on, a, on an NFL football team that get in trouble, right? For doing one thing or another, they get in trouble and they shine a story on that. But they don't talk about the thousand other players that are going in their community and wherever they live and they're raising a bunch of money and they're creating foundations and they're doing things for their community and bettering their, the, the place that they're living. And we think that's so important for everybody, for actors um, and actresses and, and uh, musicians and athletes. Um, there are so many people that are out doing great things. We thought, man, it'd be cool. Let's, let's talk about that. Like, let's go in and let's go in and shine a light on that. And let's, let's go to the events and let's, you know, take a camera crew and show them what it's all about. Tell them where the money's going to go. Talk about how they got involved in that in the first place. And, um, by doing that, hopefully if he and I can be even slightly entertaining, we can get people to tune in and, um, and kind of at least get a glimpse of it. You never know when it's going to hit the right chord with somebody and, and continue to help uh, these different causes that, 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 uh, that we think are worthy. So, um, yeah, that's, Bravo. that's, that's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you very much. Yeah. And then we have our own. Um, yeah, yeah, our own uh, foundation is called Lyrics for Life. And um, Kristen knows uh, I lost my little brother to cancer. Mm -hmm. He was diagnosed at 14. Uh, I was 16, and he passed away when he was 18. And Kristen, in fact, helped me write a little story for this book. Remember that? Yes, I completely forgot about that. That's crazy. Remember that? Yes. My thoughts together for this, and it's a uh, hunger in Florida. Uh, uh, Bill McKean, William McKean, put it together. Tom Petty, who's in here, other Florida people. Anyway, she helped me sound like a real writer and uh, and get that out. But uh, you don't come through something like that unscathed. That's that's one of those. Uh, that's one of those wounds that, to this day, obviously, um, has a has a big impact on me. And so, all of us in the band have been impacted by cancer in some way, shape, or form. And I had this idea one day: what if we just got artists to write a lyric on anything? Like, like, take a minute and write a, a verse of your hit song. You know, from an airplane, write it on a barf bag, send it to us. We'll frame it and make it nice. Um, I grew up surfing. I wrote. 
uh, change your mind on a longboard. Uh, Edwin McCain's a pilot. He wrote, I'll be on an airplane propeller. Um, and so we were able to get stuff from, you know, everybody from James Taylor to Paul McCartney to, you know, the Hootie guys, Indigo Girls, John Mayer, all these people. Um, and we do these shows uh, to raise money. And we've been able uh, to raise $3 million uh, oh. for cancer charities, uh, pediatric cancer charities, and uh, programs that support uh, the collateral damage around that. You know? As well as the uh, Camp Hazelnuts. And a couple years ago, we were going to do this event for the Hazelnuts. We, we, we had access to this summer camp um, that we grew up going to as kids. And first year, we had an empty cabin. And um, somebody said, let's invite some of the kids and their families out here that are going through cancer treatments or whatever. Mm. Well, they came out. And we went, well, we know what this is going to be from now on. So the entire event changed to us scholarshipping kids, siblings, parents uh, from all over the Southeast to come for three days out at this camp. We write songs. We do concerts. They climb ropes course, canoeing, archery. Look, I do it all. Canoeing. Very <laughs> <archery, laughs> animated. Ropes um, and it's the charades so version of camp. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> they, I mean, they just have a great time, and it's our uh, it's our opportunity to let them unplug and have a real weekend uh, where they're just being kids. And as a sibling, um, I, I remember um, you know so much attention is going as it should uh, to your sibling who's going through all that, but but you're going through all kinds of emotions. You kind of take a back seat sometimes, and so uh, we want them all to come out and have a good time. So. We're really proud of what we've been able uh, to do with all that. That's you know, incredible. I, I, I got to say, I I came 23 years ago for your music, and I've stayed all these years later because of your hearts. I mean, yeah, you know, and, and, and not just the things you do, but your heart is so evident in everything you write. And so I, I think I think probably a lot of hazelnuts would join me in saying that. I, I think that's it, it keeps coming through again and again. And um, I can't think of a better way to have spent the Wednesday evening of my launch week. This is so wonderful talking to you guys. And I wish we could keep talking your ears off forever. Launch week. Here's my copy. Um, And uh, I'm six chapters in. And um, as the son of a World War II veteran who uh, is a Jewish, was a Jewish man who liberated concentration camps, this um, is extremely powerful. And so you should be awfully proud. Um, And I, it's, yes, you should be awfully proud of bringing this story to light. Um, Thank you. That's nice. That's nice. Congratulations. Thank you so much. That's such a nice thing to say. Well, I'm such a big fan of yours. That's so nice to hear. Thank you. Like a mutual admiration society. I know. I love it. Good good thing I'm hanging out outside your window stalking you, as you mentioned earlier. Let me me just say, any of you people out there who have not yet we ordered elements. Yeah. Get it? It's the most wonderful album. You'll you'll listen to it all day and you'll have a little rock in your step. It's wonderful elements. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thank you. We have taken way too much of your time, but could we impose before you go? And and everybody else out there, stick around even after they leave, because we're going to be here talking about the Book of Lost Names for a few minutes. We're going to Patty's going to give us a writing tip. There's more to go. But if you guys could play us a song, I think you would make my week. <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. Hey, yeah, Garvey. I don't have a pick. Oh. I think I figured out 
girl, it took a long, long time. Oh, now that it's turn about, baby, cause I'm trying. There's been time I'm so confused on high roads lead to you. Just can't turn and walk away. Trip and fall one What's there's been times I'm so confused on my road and lead to you just can't hurt in one day. I don't know what it means, but it sounded cool. It's hard to say what it is. I see you and I'll always be with you. Words can't say. I'll tell you this, that song I wrote in about an hour and a half. Wow. Like oh, days see, there you are. Genius. Yeah. Oh, no my fear. gosh. That's so amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Best of luck with the release and to all of your upcoming books. Thank, thank you, you so much. And to you guys, too. Great to see you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. And hey, we're, we're still sticking around. Uh-oh. Did Kristen leave? <laughs> we lost her. It was an accident. 
Well, she'll be right back. Um, weren't they amazing, you guys? That was amazing. I'm. That was just oh, it was so so fun. Oh my gosh, it was really that that's like my anthem song i played that all the time and so now it's kind of jiving again it's i'm playing it again yeah. all the time i could not believe it but i was telling my mom, my parents were here and i was telling them that that ken and drew were coming on and my mom and i both could sing the entire that entire song like, you know a lot of times you remember yes. um the refrain but you might not remember like the whole like all the verses and stuff it's like that's how you know that you wrote a really great song when I mean obviously I've heard it since 1997 but not you know I'm not getting ready in my bedroom playing it every morning like I used to be so um. <laughs> well when he said when he said no when they were talking about switching genres that they serve the song I was like, we talk about that all the time, serving, yes, the, story. serving the story. Not mm-hmm. thinking about genre, but serving the story. And he was talking about serving yes. the song. I just, that hit like an arrow, like right there. Yes, it was Matt amazing. <laughs> I don't even, it's just that the host has closed you out of the meeting. I was like, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that, makes your, that makes your pub week complete. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops. Oh my gosh. Was that not so much fun? I mean, thank you for inviting them. Oh, that was so fun. Now I have serious street cred. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, would you all mind if I took a couple minutes to tell you a little bit about the Book of Lost Names? Would that yes. be yes. please? We have been waiting all night. <laughs> well, no, actually, I mean, I kind of think we've been enjoying the music and no one was Absolutely. really thinking about the Book of Lost Names. <laughs> to ruin your night by telling you about my book. <laughs> so um, the Book of Lost Names came out yesterday. Um, it is in uh, bookstores now. Um, and I really would encourage you to look at Writer's Block, our bookstore of the week. That 10% discount is nice. Plus, the chance to win one of 20 of these Sister Hazel CDs is uh, is pretty cool, too. Um, and also, you know, you can use that 10% on any of our books, including um, Mary Alice's recent reissue of the book club. But so the Book of Lost Names is the story of a female forger in World War II who stumbles into the French resistance mostly by accident and winds up helping save the lives of hundreds of children. So she and her mother are fleeing the Nazis when they wind up in a small French mountain town where a priest who's working for the local resistance network finds out about her false papers that she has um, forged for herself and her mother, approaches her and recruits her into his forgery network. So soon she meets Remy, who is an accomplished forger um, with a little bit of an ego who grudgingly takes her on as an assistant to help forge identities for escaping Jewish children um, who obviously need their identities changed if they're gonna get out to Switzerland or elsewhere. So she becomes passionate though, not just about preserving the identities of the ones who might be too young to remember, um, but um, but also about uh, just keeping their memories alive, making sure they have a way forward in the future. So she and Remy decide to encode their names in a 1732 religious text, which they begin referring to as the Book of Lost Names, hence the title. So toward the end of the war, uh, the book goes missing. After the resistance cell is blown, Remy goes missing too. And the book has been taken by the Nazis. And so she thinks she's never going to see it again. So 60 years later, Ava is a librarian working in Florida. And she happens to glimpse the book in an article in the New York Times about Nazi looted books and the search to return them to their rightful owners. So as the story unfolds in the past, we also see Ava in the present trying to summon the courage to go to Berlin, to travel to Berlin, um, to uncover the last secret and maybe even 
the last message from Remy that is hidden in the book of lost names. And so I'm not going to take too much of the time. You can see me in 5 million Zooms this week and next week on, you know, all over. I'm inescapable. If you turn on your computer, I will probably be there. It'll probably be glitchy. I'll probably vanish, but I will be there. <laughs> Tomorrow at 1 p.m., you Tomorrow and me. And I are doing one together, and I think Patty and I are doing one on Sunday. So um, I think so. If you guys, if you want to look at um, my author page on Facebook, um, I'm going to be again inescapable. I'm just shouting it from the rooftops each time I have something. So go there if you want to find those out. But I wanted to just show you something really quickly before we move on tonight, and that's the real life book of lost names. So. The actual coding in the novel at the center of the novel um, is fictional. But when I was working on this novel, and I also had the Journal Officiel, which is something that forgers would have used. This is a real copy from um, June 28, 1944. I also wow. had a Nazi-issued travel document, um, which is kind of cool. This is something forgers would have forged. I don't know if you can really Very see it. Very cool. I, I needed these things in my hands to really like feel the story, you know, to be able to tell the story. Yeah. And this Book of Lost Names, it is a real 1732 religious text. Um, it almost exactly the spines match. Um, the cover's it's amazing. It's like the cover designer was in my head and she had never seen this. Um, but every time I mentioned this book in the novel, I was working from the real pages and doing the codes on the real pages. So this is the real book that it's based on. So that is enough from me about that. But well, I do- Kristen, yeah. I envisioned it so much bigger. Like one so of those big. I need to use words better. <laughs> well, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking of a big biblical thing in the church. It makes sense, a religious text, but this, it was actually just a really common, um, this was the weekly guide to the masses. So it was just something that you might have found in 1732 in a church pew. So it was, you know, like now you might find a missalette yeah. in, a, in a church pew. It was, it was that, it was that kind of thing. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, really cool to kind of have it and hold it in my hands. But man, next time I'll work better on my specificity of size. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I really liked about this book that I think is, I mean, it's, it's kind of beside the point. It's such a beautifully, beautifully told story. And this is certainly um, a major subplot. But one of the things that really struck me about this story is um, as children, how little we really know about our parents sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, because, you know, you have this protagonist that had this whole incredible life that she never really shared with her child. And I just thought that was such a fascinating element of the story that, again, is like a really tiny subplot. But there was something that you just said that made me think of it. And um, it was so resonant, I think. Um, yeah. The whole book was. It was incredible. I loved so it. To say. Well, thank you. Okay. Well, so now you all know about the book, you know where to buy it. Writer's block. We're <laughs> going to put it, um, we'll put it on the friends and fiction Facebook group page. Use the code friends fiction for your 10% off. Um, and actually, um, Christy, um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I know, and Patty's going to give us a writing tip, but just so I don't have to be repeating myself too many times, Christy, did you want to tell us, um, uh, just remind us again about that code and and the other books people yes, can find of too. Of course, yes. Um, so if you join our friends in fiction Facebook group page, you'll which is um, www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash friends in fiction, which you're probably on it, but just in case you're not, you'll find a link under announcements to Writer's Block Bookstore, who is offering 10% off of our new releases with the coupon code friends fiction between tonight and Saturday. And since we adore sister Hazel and we adore all of you, we're giving away 20 copies of their recent EPs, earth, wind, 
water, and fire to 20 lucky winners chosen from among those of you who use that coupon code this week. Among those books, you'll find My Feels Like Falling, Mary Alice's on Ocean Boulevard, the recent re-release of Mary Alice's The Bookshop, no, The Book Club, right? Yep, sorry, The Book Club, um, Patty's Becoming Mrs. Lewis, uh, Mary Kay's Hello Summer, and Kristen's new novel, The Book of Lost Names, which just came out yesterday. <laughs> Thank you, Christy. Um, that's perfect. So I do hope you guys will check out Writer's Block. Um, you know, I have to apologize to those of you out, out there watching because I know we usually take your questions and I think we kind of pivoted tonight and thought it would be a little bit more fun to hear from um, from Sister Hazel. And I, I loved hearing them play a song. Um, but Patty has a writing tip for us. And then we'll be telling you a little bit about what else you can look forward to this summer. So Patty, can you give us your writing tip? I can. I'm going to make this short and sweet. I feel like just listening to Sister Hazel was a writing tip. Yeah, Everything it they was. talked about. It was. It was. And, and, and my favorite was, like I said, the, the serving the story um, instead yeah. of worrying about what it is, what genre is it, what, you know, what is the story and serving it. But just a super quick tip tonight comes from one of my favorite books on writing, which is called Coincidentally on Writing by Stephen King. <laughs> and it is um, the tip he has, and I abide by it, and it's to write with the door closed and rewrite with the door open. And I love it because the editor on my shoulder is not very nice. My real life editor is amazing, but the editor on my shoulder is just, you're, you're not doing it right. It's not right. You're not, this is never going to be anything. Just like Sister Hazel was just talking about all this generated fear. And that tip has helped me more than almost anything with that editor voice in that, I can pretend I'm writing it only for myself. I can write with the door shut and pretend no one will ever see it. And I've had to do that more for some books than others. But And then I rewrite with the door open. What is my reader going to think? What are you out there going to think? What are my writer friends going to think? So that's my tip. And it's from Stephen King. And I stole it, which I think you um, <laughs> But which is to write with the door closed and rewrite with the door open. I think that Absolutely. is a great tip. Yeah, that's really but good. Speaking of writing, so all of us have a lot of books out and and if backlist and Mary Alice has one of her books from what year was it, Mary Alice? Do you know? I was trying to remember. It was my um it was early. It was probably late nineties. So it's called The Book Club, and this week is a re-release of The Book Club, published a few years ago. It's been re-edited, updated. There's probably, there's a note in there from you, right? And yes. it is, has a brand new, really cool cover. Cute and, cover. And yeah, it's a really cute cover. So I just wanted to let you all know about that, too. Well, thank you. And, you know, considering it's from the late 90s, I think it would pair perfectly with that new Sister Hazel item you might, it, Sister Hazel CD you might win if you order a there book. You so immerse That's yourself so in the late 90s with the book club and your new Sister Hazel music. <laughs> yeah. That's, true. That's, That's true. right. A theme night. <laughs> A theme night. And if you want to throw the Book of Lost Names into your basket while you're picking up those Sister Hazel and uh, Mary Alice, perfect. Um, perfect. Um, so, uh, Mary Kay, do you want to tell us a little bit about what to expect next week? Yes. <laughs> Our friend, all of us, I think, are friends with the amazing Fiona Davis, whose latest, The Lions of Fifth Avenue, comes out in just two weeks. I know Kristen loved it because she's already read it and she blurbed it. And I know Patty's been loving it as well. And um, um, 
Fiona writes great historic fiction, and usually um, she's got a really unusual um, approach to her books. I think all of them have been centered around historic buildings in New York City. Is that is that correct, y'all? Yeah. yeah anyway, so yeah. Fiona will be here with us next week, and we can't wait to have her. And this one is centered around the New York Public Library. So and just who knows the names of the lions? Ooh, I do. It's I do. For Prudence and yes, I think no yes yes Prudence and Fortitude Fortitude no, I don't she'll be here to tell us next week <laughs> no I I have done a couple of um, events in the past week with Fiona since we both have books that deal with libraries and I'm just gonna say this somebody has to ask her next week about the dead body it's not in the book. <gasps> There's, but she has a great dead body story. So we'll call we'll, it. Right. I'm calling it. Yeah. Okay. okay. okay great. <laughs> All right. Um, Mary Alice, after Fiona next week, do you kind of want to run us through the rest of the summer? Which yes, is it's, it's a great summer, girls. After Fiona, we'll have Ellen Hildebrand on August 5th. And I know a lot of our viewers have been asking for her. And then Karen Slaughter on August 12th. And our beloved Christina McMorris comes on August 19th. And then the Just Us episode, followed by Etaf Room on September 2nd. And that is our summer. We are also hard at work on our fall schedule. And um, I'm like bursting at the seams to tell people, but we can't yet. But it's going to be amazing. So we're so, so excited. Good. And there is going to be a fall schedule. So you guys are going to be able to, you know, not be able to be forced to listen to us for the next <laughs> But we promise we'll make it good. So thank you so much. What a wonderful way to spend our Wednesday evening. Um, we were so honored to welcome Ken and Drew from Sister Hazel, and we hope that you all out there had as much fun with them as we did. I know I'm going to be singing All For You all night. Um, and also Strange Cup of Tea, which Drew mentioned, which is just a song I love that I, it, it, once it gets in your head, it is there. Yes. Um, it's a great song. It's not, not a bad problem to have. So thank you, as always, everyone out there for sharing your time with us, for supporting our books, and for supporting local booksellers, which is so important right now. Every book you buy from a local bookseller is a good deed for the literary community. Plus, bonus, you get the book. Um, so one more <laughs> reminder that to say thanks to all of you, we've got those 20 CDs. There, 20 of them are going to just ship with your purchase from Writer's Block as long as you use that Friends Fiction code. Uh, it is up right now on our Friends and Fiction page. I'll put it up again, along with all the links to Sister Hazel. Um, and uh, that's about it. Any, anything else, ladies? Anything from any of you? Hurrah for you. Don't forget to buy the Book of Lost Names. You and also the book club. <laughs> I want to say something. Happy book birthday. I want yeah. to remind people that if you have read a book, not just our book, but any book that you have loved, it's so meaningful to the authors, to their to their success. If you'll leave a review, an online review. Um, if you have something nasty to say, keep that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and if you and if you, for example, if you bought a terrible rug pad that you hated, maybe don't give the rug pad review to your favorite author. That happened to me this week. So now on Amazon, it's like, this does not stick to my rug at all, which we all hate when our books don't do that. When our books don't stick to their rug. Yeah, so amazing. amazing. Just remember what Mama said. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. That's it's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, ladies. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, and to all of you out there, thank you so much. Thanks for spending some time with us. We are Friends in Fiction, and that's a wrap. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Stay safe Bye. out there. Stay safe. You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com, as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.